your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today anything goes. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Uh, I don't even know where to start today. Wow. You know, last week I uh, was kind of flying under the radar just because I was locked away in a room working on these tax issues and creating calculators and, you know, making sure we really understood the rules They're still a little bit up in the air. There always is until the IRS finalizes the actual tax forms. I haven't seen any um, indication of when that's going to be yet. But I've been through enough of this to know we've got this right. There may be some final little tweaks at the end. Uh, I'm really happy with it. it, It's just a great tax bill across the board for owner-operators. It does open up a lot of possibilities for new strategies for owner-operators. I believe, uh, initially, I thought we would actually see less owner-operators that should be incorporated. Now, I'm thinking it's the opposite. We, We dug in. We did the calculations. It may make sense to have more owner-operators incorporate, even at lower profit levels. So, We'll be talking about that a lot. We'll be helping people do that. Lots and lots of strategies for saving money on taxes for owner-operators that aren't currently being used. So we're going to be helping our clients make sure they're taking advantage of all of those. I've said it before. There's a big difference between understanding how to fill out a tax form correctly and maximizing tax strategies to lower tax as much as possible. Most people who do tax returns for a living or charge for it know how to fill out the forms correctly. You're not going to find any big mistakes. I review a lot of tax returns. I don't see mistakes. What I see on virtually every tax return I look at is missed opportunities. I see that you know, owner-operators are not taking deductions for their personal vehicle. They're not taking deductions for paying their children to work in the business. They're not taking deductions for vacation travel. They're not taking deductions for home office. They're not maximizing the advantages of having the corporation when it makes sense or paying their spouse um, so that we can create additional deductions around per diem and health insurance. And I mean, I, I could go on and on for hours about how all of these deductions work. But the biggest thing I see is they're not being taken advantage of. And this is thousands and thousands of dollars you could be saving on your taxes. So I'm going to be doing a lot of tax shows. I'm going to be putting out some podcasts. 
I'm working on an ebook to help people understand all of these issues. Make sure you're paying the least amount of tax possible. It's a crazy, crazy time in the industry. So what I started to talk about was because I had my head down and I was, you know, working on all of this, I got a little behind on my reading. I usually spend about two hours every morning reading through industry news, financial news, health news, and I got behind. So I got up really early this morning and started working on that, and I was a little overwhelmed. Let's talk about rates first. The December numbers are in. Across the board, rates are way up compared to last December. And that's a good way to do the comparison because freight is very seasonal. So sometimes when you say, well, you know, August was up over July. Well, that may be just a common thing that happens every year. But if you take this December and compare it to last December, then we get a a really good idea of what's going on without you know, seasonality changes. So, and I look at those numbers a lot of different ways. Sometimes it does make sense to say, how are things this month compared to last month? But in this case, I was waiting for the December numbers to come out. Um, I get my information from truckstop.com and FTR and a couple other places as well. So if we compare December to December of 2017 to December of 2016. On average, if we take the three big sectors, van, flatbed, reefer, rates are up 40 cents a mile. 40 cents a mile. That's a lot. I mean, let's put that into perspective. Now, we could argue whether this is all ELD or not. I, I, I don't believe it's all ELD, but I believe the ELD had an impact. No question. So if we just take somebody who wants to run 100,000 miles a year, think about that. That's between 1,900 and 2,000 miles a week. That's it. To get to 100,000 miles a year. With the new rates, you would gross 40,000 more dollars on 100,000 miles. Now, after all expenses, you should be able to keep fifteen to $20,000 of that as pure profit. And yet, I hear people complaining about the increased cost of an ELD. Come on, these things are dirt cheap. They're not even a half a penny a mile in your cost, and rates are up 40 cents a mile. And if you can't do 2,000 miles a week on an ELD then you need to be in another business, seriously. So rates are just exciting right now. I also see a lot of pessimism about this, though. I'm shocked. I hear people saying, oh, it's never going to last. Well, it's going to last. We just don't know how long. Rates always go up and down. I've been through multiple cycles of boom and bust on rates. I I could go back and name all of them, what year they started, what year they ended, when things were up, when things were down. This is something I've watched for decades. So, yeah, these rates aren't here forever. They will eventually go back down, but they're still climbing. They're starting to level off a little bit, maybe, but that's hard to tell because of the holidays. So it'll be interesting to see when we finish January and look at January's numbers compared to last year. 
So, but even if they leveled off right here, these are record-setting rates. How long will they last? I don't know. But why are we worried about, you know, that they're just going to go away? Why not enjoy the rates while they're here? I'm just shocked at how pessimistic some people can be. No matter how good things are, they find the bad to look for. Uh, Another article I read this morning. The carriers are betting on the fact that this freight volume and these rates are going to be around for a while. Trailer orders, and this is an important number that I watch, trailer orders are setting records. One, because there's a lot of freight, but two, because there's a lot of freight and not a lot of drivers. So the big carriers are going to be trying to expand their drop-and-hook operations because that maximizes their capacity. So they are out investing heavily in new trailers. That's a good sign. That's a good sign of a lot of freight. You know, the, the big carriers that are doing this, they all have the analysts on staff. They're, they're watching these numbers, and they're betting on the fact that this is going, this environment we're in is going to be around for a while. So I don't know why you would be pessimistic about this. Take advantage of it. Make money. Along those lines, I read an article. Um, it was in Landline Magazine, uh, OIDA. And, you know, there seems to be this huge divide in the industry right now. On one hand, I'm hearing from people who have been in this industry a long time as owner-operators. They couldn't be happier. They get their, They say they've got the ability to pick and choose their load, to negotiate the terms and the rates, and they're just as happy as could be. And we are already starting to see a big flood of tax information coming in. People are on top of their accounting already this year. That's good. So I've been looking at a lot of business reports for the entire year of 2017 with our clients. Talk about record setting. I have never seen so many owner-operators profiting more than $100,000 for the year. I've already seen a bunch of them, and I'm just getting started. I don't understand. The article I read from OIDA was how angry drivers are over what's going on in the industry. I feel like I'm living in some sort of parallel universe. I don't understand what's going on. Maybe you can help me understand. We'll be right back. I've got some more stuff, then we're going to get to your calls and questions. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get to the calls in just a little bit. <sighs> so much going on. All right, so I, I, I'm seeing this huge divide. Like I said, the um, article in, in Landline was talking about how uh, angry drivers are over what's going on in the industry, and yet I'm seeing the exact opposite, how happy, prosperous, profitable uh, owner-operators are in this market right now. Now, let me clarify something. When I talk about how good the news is, rates are up, lots of freight, the tax bill, all of those things, I'm primarily talking about owner-operators. That's my market. Maybe what Owida here is hearing is from a lot of drivers. I don't think the news is horrible for, for employee drivers, but it's not nearly as exciting. You know, rates going up have a much slower effect on them. You know, let's take, for example, rates being up. And this is spot market rates, so they're up 40 cents a mile. You should be able to profit an additional 15 cents a mile on that number, or or at least that much, maybe even as much as 20 profit. Well, I don't see carriers raising their driver pay anywhere near that. So... Yeah, there might be some new bonuses, some driver pay going up. It clearly is, but not at that rate. So the rates aren't nearly as beneficial to company drivers as they are to owner-operators. Or or owner-operators in a mileage contract aren't seeing these kind of rates. If you're in a percentage contract, you're, you're taking advantage of all of this. If you're an independent, it's just a great time to be an independent right now. The tax reform. Great for owner-operators. It was so-so for company drivers. There are some ways to create some advantages if you know what you're doing, but some drivers are going to lose out on this. So maybe that's why I see this difference. I don't know. It's hard to say. I've always wondered how you run an association um, like OOIDA that you know, they're, they're, what they talk about a lot is they lobby, they try to make change in the industry. Even though owner-operators and company drivers do the same thing every day, they're out there driving, delivering freight, their days look almost identical, the issues are completely different. I, I honestly think those should be two different associations. There should be an association for owner-operators and, and maybe small fleets because they have the same issues. Company drivers have completely different issues on many of the, the things that we talk about in the industry. So I, I don't know how you advocate for both. You know, I, I, I love to help drivers, but most of my material, most of my shows, the courses I create online are either to help owner-operators directly or help drivers become owner-operators. Because I, there's just not much I can do for a company driver, even less now. Under the new tax bill, company drivers won't really need a tax preparer. Their tax return is going to get drop-dead simple. Along those lines, I also have to say that Landline Magazine has screwed up again, and this is causing a lot of havoc in the industry. I'm not saying this just to criticize Landline Magazine. But in in December 20th, that week of December 20th, when the tax bill was signed, 
Now, this is last minute. That's basically the last week of the year. In many ways, that's a lousy time to get a tax bill signed. I wish it would have been three months earlier, but it wasn't, so we have to deal with it. But it went into effect, you know, 10 days later, on January 1st. So everybody that that does taxes or writes about taxes or is involved in trucking was scrambling to get out articles to explain what this new tax bill means. I was putting out articles. You know, I've been creating calculators and running scenarios. And that week, there was an article in Landline that said nothing had changed about per diem. And that was an incorrect statement. And it immediately created a lot of confusion. Let me try to explain this again. I have a feeling I'm going to be explaining this a lot. There are a set of rules that talk about how we calculate per diem in the trucking industry. Those rules did not change. That's what's causing the problem. The the rules on how you calculate per diem didn't change. So in Landline's column, that's what they said. They said the rules didn't change. What did change, though, and they're not making this clear, what changed is how you deduct per diem. Not how it's calculated, but how you deduct it, and that means who can deduct it. Carriers that pay per diem can still pay it, and they can still deduct it on their business tax return. Owner-operators can still deduct per diem on their business tax return, whether it's an S-Corp, an LLC, a partnership, sole proprietor, doesn't matter. The difference, though, is company drivers can no longer deduct per diem. The per diem rules didn't change, but how you deduct it did. There is no such thing anymore as unreimbursed employee business expense. Now, that's a mouthful, but that's how Company drivers used to deduct per diem. That has gone away completely. Now, I I didn't make a big deal out of this when it happened in that first week, but when I was reading the news this morning, Landline published another article just last week, and here is their sentence. This is all they say about it. Additional good news for truckers in this bill is that H.R. 1 does not change overnight per diems. Then they talk about the Section 274N3 of the IRS Code. Here's what they said. That means truckers, that's their word, truckers retain the ability to claim 80% of the $63 per diem for nights away from home. That is incorrect. We use the word truckers. Everybody believes that we're talking about drivers, owner-operators, That is an incorrect statement. Company drivers can no longer take this deduction. Owner-operators, carriers still can. Whether you like it or not, that's the rule. That's how this works. I have checked with many other accountants, tax preparers, CPAs. Um, I mentioned Mark Sullivan, who is helping me out in my tax group. He's a former IRS agent. He's a tax consultant to fleets about per diem. This is his area of specialty. He completely agrees with me 100% on this. I don't, 
I just don't see that there's any room for error in this. It's very, very clear. But what's frustrating me is Landline is a very well-followed magazine. A lot of people read it. And they're saying, I mean, I'm going to just stop arguing with people. When I say this, they say to me, oh, no, you're wrong. Here's what Landline magazine said. Well, I I guess you got to decide who you're going to believe. When you show up at your tax preparer and he tells you you can't take per diem because there isn't even a form anymore to do it. I haven't seen the final forms from the IRS, but they're not out. Um, They're not out yet. But when they do come out, I think it's going to be very, very clear to everybody. I don't think there's going to be a Form 2106 anymore. And that was the form you needed to take the per diem deduction as an employee. So we'll see, but this is causing a lot of confusion. And it's not as if we need one more thing in this industry to be confused about right now. I will stay on top of that if anything changes will certainly let you know i'm going to uh head to the phones let's start off in missouri john welcome to the program hey kevin yeah you with me can you hear me yeah kevin can you hear me it's joseph yeah go ahead can you hear me yeah uh i i, I heard all what you said about the per diem so, since that form is not available for you to use anymore, uh, these what's the better way to, to to file my taxes? Should I? My company offers the per diem. Should I take it or not? Like either way, do I end up having to pay more at the end of the year, or how does that work? If I do or don't take the per diem. Okay, Does good. it matter anymore, it, either way? Yeah, it definitely matters. So this is a really good question. Now, let me clarify something. The tax return that you are getting ready to file right now, that is your tax return for 2017. Nothing changed. Per diem is exactly the yeah. same on that return. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. And I, I want to make sure everybody else understands gotcha. this because that's confusing a lot of people as well. Um, Joseph, I'm going to come right back to you. I've got to get to a break. This is a good question. I'm going to clarify this for Joseph and everybody else. There's actually some good news in here. I'll tell you about that right after we get back. Stick around. Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. With all this tax confusion, it is critically important that you make sure you're working with a tax preparer who understands the industry and is on top of this new tax bill. We want to make sure, even though things haven't changed in 2017, you might as well make sure you've got somebody now and they can help you get prepared for 2018 as well. If you're looking for somebody, we can certainly help you out. This is our number one priority right now. You can give us a call. I'll give you a second to grab something to write with. You can always go to the website, letstruck.com, or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-3835. I'm going to go back to Joseph. So, really good question. If your carrier offers to reimburse per diem, that's the correct way we should be saying that. We could call it pay per diem. I've actually heard people say deduct per diem. That's wrong. The carrier is reimbursing your per diem to you. You absolutely want to take that under this new tax bill, 100%. It would be crazy for you not to take it now. Now, I know some carriers actually want to pay you a penny or two less, and we could do some numbers calculations, but I I still think you're going to come out ahead because here's the thing. You can no longer deduct it. The, IR, the, the new rules, the new Trump tax plan said, look, instead of everybody taking all these itemized deductions, which just complicates everybody's tax return, let's get rid of all that and we'll just double the standard deduction. So if you're single, the standard deduction went all the way up to $12,000. If you're married, it went all the way up to $24,000. So... We're, we're getting that big standard deduction. Now, on top of that, the carrier could pay you the full $63 a day in per diem. Not all of them do it that way, but they could. You get all of that per diem money tax-free, and you still get this big standard deduction. So if the carrier will pay the per diem or reimburse the per diem, this is a huge benefit to drivers now. Gotcha. Oh, Joseph, I'm not sure. I, I'm getting a lot of noise, and I, I'm, I think there's a big delay there. So hopefully that answered your question. I'll be answering that one again um, plenty of times. Let's go to Utah. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, I've got all my numbers in the profit gauges. I was wondering if you could take a look at uh, what I did last year and see if there's something that I can focus in on next year to help me improve my numbers. All right. Let's take a look. Uh, tell me a little bit about your operation. Uh, single driver, owner-operator, leads to a carrier. Running all 48. Okay. Uh, mileage or percentage? Uh, percentage. Okay, good. So the, one of the good news things that's going on is your numbers will more than likely get better just because rates are going up and your percentage will go up with it. Um, you did a $1.42 a mile all miles last year. 
and you did a really good job of keeping your expenses under control. Uh, We normally, so if we take the amount of money you gross, and then we want to try to predict what a good profit would be, I tell people to shoot for 50%. If you can keep half of everything you gross, you're doing really well. Uh, you, You beat that. You're actually keeping about 57%. So... You know, I'm looking at your fuel cost is really good. Your maintenance cost isn't bad. It may make up a little bit there, but not much. So the good news is you've got your expenses down nice and tight. You were very, very close to that $100,000 profit mark on only 116,000 miles. I mean, you're keeping $0.82 per mile in profit. That's outstanding. And... The only thing I would have you focus on this year is just look for where those rates are really good and and try to stay on that freight as much as you can. But your numbers look excellent. Wonderful. All right, well, I'll try to look at the maintenance this next year and try to keep that down. But as far as that goes, everything else looks good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Boy, I love seeing these numbers. You know, seeing owner-operators making... Eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars a year just uh, just warms my heart. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Tony, welcome to the program. Tony, are you with me? Tony, I hear you there. Come back to your phone. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? I was uh, going through a waste. Uh, according to the Trump tax plan, I know for 2018, uh, he did away with the Obamacare mandate penalty. And I'm hearing a lot, uh, not confirmed, but that it would retroact to 2017. Do you know anything about it? No, I don't know where anybody's coming up with that. In fact, it's the opposite. That one now almost all of the rules on the new tax plan started on January first of this year, twenty eighteen. Except that one. The mandate actually or or the the penalty for not having health insurance doesn't start till January first of next year. If you don't have health insurance in twenty eighteen, you're still gonna pay a penalty. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure where people right. are coming up with uh, the fact that it's going to be retroactive. If, if if that's been talked about anywhere, it's news to me, and I read on this stuff every single day. Okay. Uh, as far as uh, – I'm a company driver. As far as deductions, uh, I was told that I could not claim deductions unless I itemized. Is that true? That's always been true. And this confuses a lot of people. Let me try to explain this in real clear terms. There are two methods to get deductions on on a personal tax return. We're not talking about business now or owner-operators. That's completely different. We're talking about a personal 1040 tax return. The IRS gives everybody a standard allowance, and it changes every year. And the standard allowance just says, look, instead of trying to keep all those receipts and worry about all the rules, if you want, just take this deduction. Or if you can look through all the rules and find that your itemized deductions are bigger 
then you need to keep all your receipts and your logbooks and all those things that are deductible, and there's a whole list of them, and then you would itemize, and that means filling out a bunch of other forms, but if you got above the standard deduction, it made sense to itemize because you'd pay less tax. Well, that was what this bill was trying to simplify. They didn't want people to have to do that anymore. So what they did was they got rid of most of the itemized deductions. The kind of stuff for your job, those are all gone. You can't deduct any expense that has anything to do with your job anymore, which includes per diem, supplies, gloves, laundry, all that stuff we used to do. Now, you can still deduct some big ticket stuff like mortgage interest, real estate tax with some limitations, and charitable contributions. So now what they did was they doubled that standard deduction. They said, we don't want people to have to goof around with all these receipts, all these forms, all the confusion. We'll just double the standard deduction. Everybody gets it, and there will be no more itemizing or very little, just those big-ticket items that I talked about. That's what's changing. For 2017, the tax return you're about to file, it's identical. Nothing changed. What we're talking about, the changes, are in 2018. There won't really be any more itemizing your expenses. Does that make sense? So for for 2017, we could itemize our expenses? Yes, absolutely. Like gloves, uh, flashlights? Yep, yep, your Sirius XM subscription. Yeah, all, all, all the stuff that has been deductible forever is still deductible on the tax return you're getting ready to file right now. It's 2018 that when the, or the changes start. Okay, so to be clear, is that still only if you itemize or, or can you claim business expenses anyway? No, no, you have to itemize. That, that's always been that way. Nothing changed. That, that, whether you itemize or take the standard deduction has been around for decades. Nothing changed about that. It's always been that way. And it will be that way until this year. Then that all changes. Stick around. We'll be right back. Kevin Rothman. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Boy, this show is flying by tonight. We're down to the final segment. I've got lots of calls, so I'm going to get right back to it. Lots of uh, confusion being created in the industry. I'm going to do my best to try to help simplify some of it. 
Let's go to Ohio. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. What can I help you with? Uh, got a couple of questions. I guess the first will start off with the tax questions and the finances. Um, I believe I uh, sent over your my um, profit gauges. Yep, I um, got it here. the The 2017 was a was a pretty decent year for me for solo. I, I went from running Schneider to leasing on to Landstar. Uh, my profit's gone up in 2017. But the other thing we did is, along with building relations, we uh, my wife got her CDL and we started teaming as of January this year. Oh wow! So That's exciting. Expected to really go up uh, 2018. So yeah. Um, one of the questions we have is we're kind of confused on the on. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the shows where you now think the 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 amount. Um, to possibly be able to file S corp uh, LLC and filing as an S corp um, actually gone down, but our, our revenue is going to go up tremendously next year. So we're kind of wondering. I'm assuming that's the route we need to go uh, for 2018. Yeah, e- even if you were going to stay solo, I would recommend it. But clearly, going team profits are going to right. go up. You know, a, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, of course we understand that if you have another driver in the truck, your gross revenue is going to go up. Your net revenue is going to go up, but the percentage is actually going to go up as well. You're going to become more profitable with bigger margins because you got to remember, when you're a single driver, all of your fixed costs, your truck payment, your insurance, your permits, your base plates, all of those things... You're, you could potentially almost double your revenue as a team, but none of those fixed costs go up. So the profit margin right. actually yeah, right. gets bigger. So even if you were staying solo, I would say, yeah, you, you really should become uh, an S-Corp. And certainly moving to a team, there's going to be a big tax advantage for you to do that. Yeah, we're we're already looking at, at the expected revenue for next year because of the the relations we build, and we've got not really a dedicated run, but a steady run with just a couple of agents, and we're looking at at least two fifty uh, or, or even more is possible for next year easily, especially with the way rates are going. Right. Um. So that's definitely I, I, we'll we'll definitely talk with Chris and and get that ball rolling between now and I guess the deadline is what the end of March. You have to have it filed. Yeah, yeah. So so two things um, for you okay. and, and everybody else listening. Two things to stay on top of this year because tax laws are changing, which will lower tax bills, but rates are just like going through the roof right now. So I want people to realize the more profitable we are, no matter how well we manage the tax return, you're probably going to end up paying more tax. I mean, that's just the way our system works. So I don't want people to fall behind on, like, estimated taxes and, you know, those kind of things. Now, the good news about a corporation, it actually helps manage your taxes a little better because we are going to be doing payroll for both you and your wife once you form the corporation. And on payroll, all the taxes get withheld every time we cut a check. So at least the tax on all the wages gets paid all year long through payroll. 
Now we just have to do our estimated taxes on what's left over, the profit and the money you're going to take out as a draw. Right. Right, uh, right now I'm, a, a, I guess, an individual LLC owner. We're not partner. Well, you know what I mean. We're just yeah. not a partnership you're, LLC, but we are an LLC. So the, what was the deal? I thought there was a you could do, file your taxes as an LLC, but you can actually, um, uh, I guess, take the benefits of an S-Corp or something, or do you actually have to become an S-Corp to do that? Well, you do have to file the corporate as an S-Corp. So this gets really confusing, and let me explain this because this is going to come up a lot. The IRS has tax forms and tax returns for every type of business. So a sole proprietor files a Schedule C along with their personal tax return, the 1040. Nice and simple. A partnership has to file its own tax return, an 1165, then the money flows through to the partners, then they file a personal return. An S-Corp files an 1120S, but the money flows through to the owners and they file a personal tax return. Well, and then C-Corps have their own tax returns. The LLC was kind of a new thing back in, I'm thinking it was somewhere around the 80s, they came up with the LLC. Well, the IRS said, we're not going to create a tax form for this entity. doesn't make any sense. So what we're going to do instead is if you form an LLC, you have to choose which way you want to be taxed. And what you did was choose to be taxed as a sole proprietor, which is nice and simple. Now what we have to do, and Chris will help you with all this, we have to go back and say this LLC now chooses to be taxed as an S-Corp. And, and that's the change that's going to happen. So then you will file, okay. w- we'll do it for you, we'll file the 1120S, that's the corporate tax return, and then you'll still file your personal tax return, the 1040. And we'll, we'll do all of that. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. So it looks like we're, we're going to be set up pretty good going into 2018, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, the other question I have is, is on the truck. Um, we're kind of tossing up in the air about possibly buying a truck near the end of the year next year, putting a bunch of money away to put down on it. But the, the truck I have now, it's a really good truck. The, she should have sent you over our oil samples. Um, the biggest problem I'm having is I've lost a lot of my um, – mileage uh i was at about 30 to 32 cent a mile um the beginning of 2016 um we started running some fedex loads for agents and building those relationships and those were just in time freight so my driving 59 uh kind of went out the window right. a lot of times it's 65 sometimes even 70 so right. i'm up to 41 cents a mile now um the run we're doing now is from north carolina to salt lake city so I can pretty much shoot that in the foot, too. So right. I guess what I'm wondering is with the oil sample, uh, I'm using about two and a half gallons of oil every 10,000 miles. I'm still on synthetic and mainly because of, you know, the cold starts and stuff. I'll pay the two and a half gallons just to have the, the ease of starting the truck and it running good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the loss of the oil and the the, um, the fuel mileage, am I looking at maybe needing to 
do it overhead. I, yeah. I really oh, don't see anything in the d- oil sample. Hold on, so, let like, me. So it's not crazy or nothing. No, the the engine's actually performing well, meaning it's well tuned. I wouldn't mess with the overhead. What concerns me more than that, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're using two and a half gallons in ten thousand miles. That sounds like you're putting in, you know, a gallon every three thousand or so. Uh, well, it's actually a, a gallon about every five. To if I'm running the hills and you know through West Virginia, like Salt Lake, it's yeah. going to be between, around five. If I'm taking you're, it easy in the you know the level grounds there in the summer, it's not that bad. Okay. It's around seven. It, okay, so, so the fact that in you're in other words, I'm going to put a gallon in every five thousand miles. Yeah. So the 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 fact that you're going to go team, your mileage is going to increase. I kind of doubt you're going to make right. it through this year without doing an in-frame. I, you're just you're getting that uh, close no, to yeah. needing an in-frame, and and the more miles you put on it, the sooner that's going to come. So I, I would start thinking seriously about whether you'd rather do the in-frame or go buy a truck. And when you talk about your fuel mileage numbers and profit and all the other things going on, this might be a good time for you to go buy a new truck. Yeah, that's what we're really thinking and talking about because of, you know, I can get a better fuel mileage. I can get a truck that's set up right. I don't want a brand new one. I want to stay around a 215 or so. Perfect. Um, But I think I can find one pretty close to the way it needs to be set up. So, yeah. Okay. I guess that's the way we need to. Perfect. I I think that's a great idea. By June, I should have enough down. Yeah, if we look at all the factors going on, if you do an in-frame, in-frames have to come out of cash. So, you know, you're lo- if you want to do a good in-frame, you're looking right. at 30000 I mean, and like you said, your fuel economy right, exactly. has dropped off, so we'd have to focus on that. If we look at all the factors, the, the fact that you could, instead of spending 30000 on an in-frame, you could put it down on a truck, then, you know, you're going to have a payment, but your fuel savings and tax savings will more than offset that and you get the reliability of a new truck and the comfort. So, yeah, I think it's time. Many times I tell people, "Now eh, you're probably better off keeping the one you have. Looking at all the factors you and I just went over, I'd be buying a new truck. Like you said, I think 2015 is ideal. Those are priced really well in the market right now. I'm all out of time. Thanks for joining me. We'll do it again real soon. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Kevin Rutherford.